So tonight here at Ground Zero Ministries, we're going to start a new sermon series on prayer. I think that we are told how that we need to pray. We don't always know how to pray. I remember many, many years ago as I was attending Alcoholics Anonymous that, you know, I was constantly told that I needed to to talk to God about things. And I had no idea what that meant. And I was an atheist at that time. So that really pissed me off. But eventually I got to a place in my life that I was broken enough. And, and some lady came up to me and said, all you do is complain about your problems. The least you could do is pray. And I hope this gets passed on to you as it got passed on to me, is that the Holy Spirit started engaging me at that time in my life. Because every time I would go to complain about something, I would begin to hear this little voice that said, well, why don't you pray about it? Because some of us have PhDs in complaining. And we don't even know how to, to go to kindergarten in our prayer life. But if we spend as much time complaining and turn that into prayer, we're going to be a mighty bunch of people. Complaining doesn't add one day to our life. Prayer can do miracles. Every one of us in here is a miracle that we're even here. Most of us in here should be dead. And yet we're here on a Friday night talking about Jesus instead of where we used to be. So it's a miracle in itself that we're even in a church, let alone trying to figure out how to, to walk with Jesus. You know, and at that point in my life, as I began to hear this little voice, not realizing that it was the Holy Spirit, not realizing that he was already starting to engage me, even though I didn't have a salvation prayer, even though I didn't know the rules, even though I wasn't going to church, God was already trying to love on me. God's trying to love on you right now. He's already talking to all of us. We just don't always recognize his voice. And one day I finally got fed up with myself and because I realized that there was areas in my life that I could not change. Every one of us in this room has areas in their life that no matter how hard you try to change them, they will not change. And we've tried and tried and tried and tried and tried to change them. And at the end of the day, we're just powerless over changing certain things. And that's where we have to take ourselves off the, the pedestal and realize that I'm not God. And I need a very powerful God to intervene in my circumstances. But I didn't know that then. I only know that now, many, many years later. The two areas in my life that I knew that I could not change is I could not get rid of my anger. And I was a very angry person back then. And I also couldn't get rid of my shame. I felt so ashamed of the things I had done and so ashamed of the things that had been done to me that I carried this thing inside of me that was like an emotional cancer that I didn't know how to deal with. So I started praying, take my anger, take my anger, take my anger and help me to forgive myself, help me to forgive myself, help me to forgive myself. And I spoke it into the universe. And as many of us in here have prayed, nothing happened. Because God is not to serve me. He's not a genie in a bottle. He's not a genie in a Bible. Jesus isn't here to, to do my will. 
He's the God of the universe. And some of us really need to wrap our minds around the fact that the God of the universe that created everything talks to us. That's pretty big. That's pretty insane if you really try to wrap your mind around it. I mean, we're little tiny specks in this universe. And yet the holy, holy of gods interacts with us personally. I did not understand that back then. But I was so desperate. I understood desperate. I understood what it was like to be desperate. I understood what it was like to be Jones and not have money and not have drugs. I understood desperation. I understood what it meant to want to go sin and do whatever and have no ability to stop myself. What if I turned that tenacity over to Jesus? What would really take place in my life? I had no idea back then. But I knew that I was desperate, and I knew I was sick of being angry, and I knew I was sick of being ashamed, even though I did more and more things every day that, that added to that pile of shame. So I prayed every night, take my anger, take my anger, take my anger, and help me to forgive myself, help me to forgive myself, help me to forgive myself, and nothing happened. But God was listed. God's listed to every one of us and everything that we go through. He's listening. He's listening to everything that you're going through. Every tiny little prayer that you, you utter, whether you realize he's listening or not, he's listening. And back then I was so ashamed and I didn't think that God was real. I didn't think that my prayers went any higher than the ceiling. But that wasn't true. That God is far bigger than my ability to understand him. Even now to this day, when I have a pretty good understanding of who Jesus is, and I have a pretty good understanding of the Bible, I still don't have a clue on how big he really is. And he challenges me all the time and say, Tom, trust me. And I'm like, oh man, Jesus, here we go. And I would pray that prayer every night. Take my anger, take my anger, take my anger, and help me to forgive myself, help me to forgive myself, help me to forgive myself. And nothing would happen. But he was listening. What are the two things in your life right now that you want to change and you've tried to change and you don't know how to change them? We all got something. We all got a list of something. What if every day, every night before you went to bed, you started saying, Jesus, you need to change this. I don't know how you're going to change it, and I release how you're going to change it, but I'm asking you to change it. And most likely nothing's going to happen in that moment just the way it is. But am I desperate enough for him to change it? And am I willing enough to let go of how it might change? That's really the hard part for me is realizing that he's in control and I'm not, and he's going to do the things that he wants to do in the ways that he wants to do it. And I may not agree with the way he does it. And he does, he needs to do it my way. Oh, wait, the prayer isn't in Tom's name. The prayer is in Jesus's name. Uh-huh. And I need to realize that things I may pray might start to shift things, and I might not be okay with that on how he does it. But he's answering the prayer regardless. And I prayed every night before I went to bed, take my anger, take my anger, take my anger, and help me to forgive myself, help me to forgive myself, help me to forgive myself, and nothing happened. And this went on for several weeks, but I was desperate. I didn't even really believe in God at that point in my life. 
but something had to change. And one night I went to bed one way and I woke up a completely different way. I can't explain it other than I had a spiritual encounter in my sleep and I woke up and something was different. I was different. The pain had been lessened. The anger was lessened. The shame had lessened. Was it all gone? No, it wasn't all gone. But I woke up and I was like, I don't know what took place, but something happened. And I went back to the rooms and I said, I don't know what's up with this prayer stuff, but something's starting to happen. And people clapped because I was an annoying atheist. I wasn't annoying. The person I was back then would hate me right now. And I would laugh at him and it would be fun. That day, it was thunder and lightning. And I went over to, to Utica College and I got out of the car and I walked out in the middle of the field. And I got down on my knees and I said, I don't know what this is, but there is something out there. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to figure it out. And I went on the spiritual journey to try to figure it out. And I sought out New Age and I sought out Wicca and I had a pile of rocks in my pocket and I had sprays that I would spray over myself because I was desperate for God to do something. And I, I did not want religion. I refused to believe that Jesus was the answer. And I started to notice when I prayed about other people, very little happened. When I prayed about things in myself, all the stuff, things inside me would start to change. And I started to realize that if I pray for myself and I, I begin to tune my ear to this little voice and I begin to do the things that I know that I'm supposed to do and stop doing the things I know I'm not supposed to do, all of a sudden, things start to move in a positive direction. But I also knew that it, a God of my understanding wasn't Tom in the sky with superpowers. That was foolish. I couldn't define it quite yet, but I knew that there was something out there very big. And I continued to seek, and I continued to seek, and I continued to believe that God was the solution to my problem but I was not willing to believe that Jesus was the solution to my problem. And I would run into Christians and they would tell me about Jesus and I was an annoying agnostic as much as I was an annoying atheist because I hated religion. But I began to, began to pray. I began to look at some of the spiritual things that we can find in the literature of recovery. I began to look online. I began to try to find things. I began to get books. I began to, to talk to people about spiritual things. And some of that advice was good and some of that advice was not good. But I was seeking. And I began to recognize certain things in the literature of Alcoholics Anonymous that God could and would if he were sought. What's that mean to thought? Now, that's language that we don't understand today. But those that will seek will find. That's what the Bible says. Have we really put effort into seeking out who Jesus really is? Or do we base it on the things that we think we know? 
So I began to seek God, not religion. I didn't want religion. I was still very opposed to religion. Spirituality is for people that have already been to hell, and religion is for people that think they want to go to heaven. Or religion is for people that want to control people. And spirituality is for people that want to be free. There's all these little sayings that I picked up through the years. Religion is for people that are afraid to go to hell, and spirituality is for people that have already been there. There's all these things that I would be opposed to religion. And eventually I I got to another place in my life where I began to make bad decisions and it led me back out into the wilderness and I I began to to party again and, and I put God back on the shelf. I went back to controlling things because I didn't like the way my life was going. I didn't like my emotions. I didn't like my anger, you know, and I stopped doing some of the spiritual disciplines that got me to that place in my life. My life fell apart once again. You know, I've understood what it's been like to to be sober, and I've understood what it's like to be sober and depressed. I've understood what it's like to be sober and anger. I've understood what it's been like to be sober and hopeless. I've understood what it's like to, to believe that there's a God and that nothing continually, nothing goes the way that I would hope it would go. And see, when I'm still God and things don't go my way, I try to fix it. And I don't know about you, I I have a 100% track record of destroying everything I touch. Whenever I do it my way, still to this day, if I'm trying to force my will, I guarantee that that train's coming off the track. God quickly shows me that I am not in control. Even when I think I know something, I need to surrender myself to something greater. There's a little saying that I, I've picked up through the years is that, you know, AA brought me to God, but my sin brought me to Jesus. I finally got to a place where I was broken enough and coming off of another relapse that someone invited me to church and I said, can't hurt. And I started going to celebrate recovery, which was the root to this meeting. That was the foundation of this meeting many, many years ago. I started to attend this meeting, and the first meeting was, I am not God, and Jesus is. And I sat there and bawled. Because for many years, I kept telling myself that I'm not God. There, he's out there somewhere. I still did not want Jesus. I still was opposed to Jesus. I didn't understand Jesus. I still had this religious mindset about church. I didn't realize that Jesus was real. But I started going to that meeting, and I started going to, you know, back into recovery, you know, and going to the rooms, and and I desperately wanted something to change. And I went to celebrate recovery, you know, a handful of times, and I woke up one Sunday morning, and I was like, if I'm going to get serious about this God stuff, then I should go to church. That old religious mindset kicked in. You know, if you're going to figure out God, you got to be intended in church. Not realizing that there is a complete difference between religion and Jesus. 
I wholeheartedly believe that we need to be in church. I think we should be in church every Sunday. I think that we should be in church on Friday nights. And if there's another service that you should attend that church too, we need as much church as we can possibly get. But church isn't the thing that's going to save us. Church isn't the thing that's going to set us free. Church isn't the thing that's going to heal us. It's Jesus. And we need to realize that somebody like me that's up here talking about Jesus doesn't have any more power and more access to Jesus than you sitting there. Jesus is freely available for each and every one of us. But sometimes what's going on in our head prevents us from realizing that I can talk to him just as freely as some people tell me I can. He's here right now. He's sitting in the chair next to you. He's whispering in your ear. He's telling me to say things that I didn't know that I was going to say because it's specifically being targeted to you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's ministering to every one of us in this room, including me. I need more Jesus. I didn't wake up today saying, I got this Jesus stuff figured out. I'm far from it. I promise you. I promise you. We're all just beginners trying to figure it out. doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. There's some new aspect of your life that you've got to figure out what's going on and you need more Jesus. You know, and I remember coming to church and, and people would tell me that you need to pray. People in recovery would tell me I need to pray. People in my life would tell me I need to pray. And I didn't understand what that meant. Because I had a false understanding of who God really was. I thought he was off somewhere in heaven judging me because I was a bad guy. And it was completely false. I did not understand the gospel on any level. I didn't understand the Holy Spirit on any level. Even though I got brought up in a church, I don't ever remember hearing the gospel message. I don't ever remember hearing about an intimate relationship with Jesus. I don't ever remember talking about the presence of, of God. I don't ever remember talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't ever remember that stuff. Why? Because it wasn't talked about in the churches that I grew up in. And trust me, that stuff can get weird. You can find people on YouTube that talks about all sorts of crazy stuff, and you need to, to make sure that you're listening to the right people because there's some weird stuff out there. I've seen it. I've watched it. I've witnessed it. And I've hung close to Redeemer. I've hung close to the pastor of the Redeemer. I've stayed real close to what I believe to be true. I, I, I use the Bible as my filter the best of my ability to hang on to stuff. And I, I think I know stuff, and God corrects me all the time. I have no idea sometimes. Sometimes I think I know. And God shows me how much I don't know. We're all just beginners trying to figure this stuff out. So how do I pray? How, what do I do to pray? I think that if I look at the stuff in me that I don't like and I start asking Jesus specifically to say, Jesus, will you heal this? Will you change this? Will you, you know, will you use this? Many of us have this train wreck of a past and God wants to use those things. Now, maybe you may not stand up here. I never thought I was going to stand up here. I wasn't a public speaker. It was hard to get me to talk. God said, here, have that. 
I have no idea what God wants to do in your life. I can only seek God and see what he wants to do in my life. But we can have a conversation and you can start to ask me what you think God's doing in your life. And we can try to, to filter that through the Bible and filter that th- through what we know about Jesus. And we can pray and say, God, if this is your will for my life, start to give me confirmation. Start to show me. But God, let me use your scripture to know who you really are. Let me get in your word to, to see what people that have lived with you say about you. I think being in your word is a very important piece of our relationship with Jesus. I don't like to read. I don't. But the Bible is an important piece of my story and how it it began to speak to me when I didn't realize that God spoke through that book. I remember sitting there and reading things and like realize that he's speaking to me about my situations. and, And it's like, I don't know nothing about this book. And all of a sudden, God's talking to me off the page. I'm like, we'll close this real quick. That's kind of weird. <laughs> but like, all right, well, let's see if that happens again. That was just my imagination. I'd taken a lot of LSD. It's just, you know, it's just, I just had a moment. And then you're reading, and he speaks to me again. And I'm like, close that book. <laughs> Because I didn't know that that was a part of having a relationship with Jesus, that he talks to you. He talks to each and every one of us. However, the distractions in our life may drown out his voice. And we have to choose that we will allow him to be a priority in our lives. We might have to turn off the TV. We might have to turn down the radio. We might have to change who we're hanging out with so that we can hear him, because there's other voices that are chirping in our ears and speaking really loud, and we can't always know when God's speaking to us. So sometimes we don't even think he is. He's speaking to every one of us. He spoke to every one of us before we got here today. He's speaking to you as you're sitting here tonight. What is he saying? I have no idea what he's saying to you personally. I promise you everything that I'm saying tonight was not planned. So if there's something that I said that's kind of hitting home to you, that is completely him using me as I asked him to, to speak to you, because we need him, we don't need me. But it's our word that helps us know that when I hear him and it matches his his word that I know that I heard from him, that I'm not hearing some other random thing. Like, sell all your stuff and move to Hawaii. That sounds like a plan. Like, no, don't do that. That's not a good plan. The government just set Hawaii on fire. Anyway, just put that down, Tom. Just put that down. Rabbit trail. I had to learn how to pray. No one always teaches us how to do it. The Bible became a way that I would read things and I would say, God, if it's true, show me. And I started praying his word back to him. You know, I I started listening to people like Jason Upton. And he would sing and and it was a completely foreign style of music. It's nothing that I would have ever listened to prior to, to coming to Jesus. And I would put that music on and he would sing things. 
And I'm like, that's exactly what I'm going through. And I would just sing his words back to Jesus because he was saying what I needed to say and I didn't know how to say it. And there's a lot of worship bands out there that do that, you know, United Pursuit, which we're going to, which we've been using and will continue to use as another one of those bands that they just know how to articulate what they're going through in in such a way that it, it makes it easy to worship for me. You know, I've, I've experienced the, the presence of God move in my truck countless times, listening to bands like United Pursuit, Ascend the Hill, Jason Upton, you know, and there's a list of them. I was flying through Clinton one day, listening to Ascend the Hill, crying, bawling, not paying attention how the speed limit changes when you get in the village. The cop chased me all the way around Clinton because I was not paying attention. I was just like steering and crying at the same time. And finally, I realized there was a cop behind me. He pulled me over. I'm a grown man crying. I got three girls in the back seat. And he's like, you didn't notice me? And I like look at him. I'm like, Sorry, man. I was just worshiping God. <laughs> thought I was crazy. All the girls in the back seat are crying. Like, what the heck is going on in this truck? He's like, I don't want this police report. You guys can go on your way. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) See, before I got saved, I didn't care what people thought. You know, when I'm partying, I'd be loud and obnoxious. You know, when I was running the streets, I I would do things that are stupid, but I would think are courageous. And then when I get Jesus, I want to be like quiet and shy. That's the way I looked at it. I remember getting brought to the China buffet in my first few, you know, months of, of coming to church and people start witnessing the people in the restaurant and we got outside and I, don't you ever do that around me. I don't want people to know who this. And now I'm that guy. Like, you might get pulled into some sort of Jesus adventure at some point if we're off driving around the city. You know, God's been using Uber. People get trapped in my car. Sometimes they get bad Pastor Tom and I say some ridiculous things. And then sometimes they get prayer. I don't know. I just try to to be who I really am. See, what this ministry has taught me years and years now is I get to be who I really am. I don't have to wear masks. I don't have to pretend. I don't have to to put on my best face. I don't have to, to make you think I'm something I'm not. I just am who I am. And that's who Jesus has made me into be. I, I don't have to be a chameleon anymore. Because when I was running the streets, it depended on who I was around. That's who I would adapt myself to. Today, I adapt myself to Jesus to the best of my ability. And it's only through my prayer life that I got to know who he really is. And that's what we're going to really focus on. Because a moment in his presence is worth 10 years of counseling with the best counselor you can imagine. You hear his voice in in his presence and the tears just start to come 
mm-hmm. and you accept it instead of try to shut it down. I don't want to cry. God begins to move and heals areas that you should have cried about years ago, but you pushed it down then and you're trying to push it down now. Every one of us in this room needs healing from our past. Every one of us in this room needs healing from our childhood. Some of us in here have some dumpster fires of childhood. It is what it is, but yet we're here. God wants to use our story. God wants to use us in this city. God wants to use us in our community, in our workplace, in our families to represent him well. And we got to learn how to do that. And the only way I can know how to do that is I got to get close to Jesus. I don't need to get close to religion. I don't need to tell people what they need to do. I need to learn how to do it and walk that stuff out. And that's an everyday thing. The second I think I know what I'm doing, (laughs) I'm in the ditch. I got to relearn all the time. I'm a beginner. I I need more Jesus. Every day, every week, every season that we go through, if I think I got it all figured out, I'm straying from the path because I slowly put myself back on that pedestal because I think I know. And I need more Jesus. I need more Jesus. You know, and slowly through the years, as I, I learned to, to pray my word and I learned to, to pray worship and I got around other people that, you know, knew how to pray. It really has very little to do with the eloquent words that someone can speak, because I've heard a lot of people speak eloquent words and there was no Jesus. It was a rehearsed religious prayer. Sometimes Jesus is in the. I don't even know what's going on right now. Help me. Sometimes Jesus is in the, I have no words and I'm just crying. But inside my help is like, Jesus, I need you. You know, if you've been around me long enough, you've heard some of the things that I tell you guys to pray in moments. And I trust you. Jesus is one of my primary prayers. Because usually when I want to run, is that there's fear inside of me. There's something I'm facing. There's something I don't want to deal with. There's something that I got to go through that I don't want to do it. And I know how to run. I could wake up in another state tomorrow. I've done it. Some of us in here have done it. Like, poop, see you. And I recreate my problems wherever I go because I take myself with me. I used to want to quit this ministry every single day for years. Me and Jesus have it out. I don't want to do this anymore. This is dumb. You know, I want to be a pastor. You know, I I want a salary. I want this. I want this. I want this. I want this. I get ready to email the pastor and tell Pastor Mike that I'm done. And the Holy Spirit says, do you trust me? Because I'm good and, and proud and religious, I got to say yes. And then he'd say, sit still, and I would get pissed. Because the last thing I want to do is sit still. Sometimes Jesus tells us stuff we don't want to hear. But if we listen to it, he guides us. And that little interaction with him went on for years. I would leave the house, and I would go for walks, and I'd be crying, and I'd be angry. And I'd be telling him how it is. And he'd say, Tom, do you trust me? 
And I'd have to say yes. I'm a man of God. He'd tell me, sit still. And I'd get so mad. I'm like, don't you say it. Sit still. You need to say something else. I'm so sick and tired of you saying sit still. Sit still. And eventually one day, through many, many years, and through lots and lots of prayers, that runner in me got broken off. And I don't know how to run anymore. I, what I've come to learn is that my feet are closer to Jesus than my brain because I'm standing on the rock of my salvation. I'm standing on his word. My brain can be a mess. That's why we need to arrest our thoughts and bring it back to the obedience to Christ on a regular basis. That's why I need to resist the enemy and submit to God, and then the enemy will flee. That no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That I can build this church at the gate of hell and it won't prosper because he is with me. That I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil because he is with me. There's scripture after scripture after scripture that tells me he's close. He's right here, right now. Use his word. Trust him. Give it to Christ. Every one of us in here has got a situation. There's something going on in our lives that we need prayer. So if you would like prayer this evening, I want you to stand up. Everybody, See, we, we know we need more Jesus. So I want us to break off with guys with guys and girls with girls and get into small groups and pray. And Chriselle and I will, will wander around and pray for you individually. If you want specific prayer for certain things and you don't feel comfortable bringing it up in your small groups that we're going to break off into, please see me or Chriselle before you leave tonight and we will pray for that situation. Every one of us needs prayer. This ministry is a ministry of prayer. I wouldn't be here without prayer. You wouldn't be here without prayer. So we're going to pray. And we're going to believe that God is going to do something mighty in our lives. So, Lord, I just ask that you would do a powerful thing this evening. I ask that you would move mightily in our lives. Lord, we need you more than we need anything else. Lord, a moment in your presence can heal the deepest of wounds, whether it's in our heart or in our mind. Lord, I, I pray that you would break off things that are going on in our minds that we've been told that will never change. I, I pray that you would break off things that are going on in our hearts that we've been told that will never change. I pray that you would break off things in our, our bodies that we were told that will never change. Lord, I ask that you would do miracles in this place. I ask that you would do suddenlies in this place. And I ask that you would teach us how to walk this stuff out. As through a relationship with you. Lord, I ask that you do what only you can do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.